welcome. This is Raventail. Howdy, this is Jerry Underhill at JerryBear3 on all your social medias, your Instagrams, your Facebooks, and your Twitters. Uh, Once again, we are brought to you by Dusty Sada Publishing and Raventail Publishing. You can find links for them and uh, their catalogs in the episode description. Today we're going to have our new artist at Dusty Saddle uh, joining us. But I got a couple books to suggest to you first. Uh, The first is actually a Halloween anthology called uh, The Quick, The Dead, and The Undead, featuring a collection of stories from some of the biggest artists in uh, the Western genre right now, but also Western horror. You can find that on Amazon. You can find both these books on Amazon, uh, but also uh, in the description for today's episode. The second is the sequel to uh, my book that I co-wrote with Charles Ray. Uh, the original was called Creature of the Night. This is called Return of the Night Creatures. Uh, it's a werewolf story, and it has just released today. Uh, so travel to South Dakota of yesteryear, uh, where the town of Twin Forks has suffered a series of murders. That was Ralph, by the way. I'm not sure if that was approval of my ad read or not, but Welcome. Gildas, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Jerry. You just started doing the covers, didn't you? Yes, I I was doing covers before, but just um, with this company, yes. Oh, it's like side contracts through the various websites that exist, that kind of thing? It was like that, but now I am on payroll with the company. I'm loyal to the company. Uh, Nick has that effect on people. (laughs) Uh, I guess so. Hey, Nick. Yes. Nick Will, head honcho, is here too. I need the audience to know that. Well, you know, I like to listen in. I do, what, what effect do I have, Jerry, baby? Hey, I'm loyal. I'm all the way now. And that happened fast. It did. I mean, but, you know, you know, you, I got to tell you, Jerry, you entertained me. Okay. Because you were running Charlie around the other day and it was entertaining. You were, because you, you're, you're an editor. I mean, you're a great editor. There's no doubt about it. You're a terrific editor. You did a beautiful job on that uh, Charlie Ray manuscript you wrote with him. That's going to market anyway. right now. No, you're not fired, but you did a great job. I was on a phone call the other day and the guy said to me, Who do you recommend as editor? And I said, I said, I recommend Jerry for the editing because he did a real beautiful job with Charlie. Thank you. I'll take praise, man. Gilda, Thank did you. you do did you do that massive uh massive? I only saw it in digital, uh the image of all the authors. Yes, Nick? I did that. Yes, oh, I did that. A little, a little special commission like, or all the authors, like 30-ish. That authors. was really cool, man. I, Nick was genuinely excited about that. I was too. That I was, was cool excited one. about that. I didn't know even how I'm gonna fit all these authors in one frame, but Right, and then to to tie it all together into like a cohesive image. 
That's yeah. good, man. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, Thank you. Nick, not, is that paint? Is that in your house somewhere? Uh, that one I, I, gave, I gave that as a, in my house. Uh, I gave that one as a gift to an author when he sold some books, and it was pretty good. I always, I, I, I tend to buy a lot of art, but I tend to only keep the ones that mean something to me. So is this when I ask you if you kept Gilda's drawing of all the artists, including that's, that's you? That's up there. I have several. It's on builders. the ceiling. It is. It's on the ceiling, so I can look up at it. No, I have. <laughs> I have. I, I have several guilders. Hold, hold on. I'll show you. I have two uh, guilders yeah, in my office. Prove it. I, put them on I the have spot. two guilders in my office. I was trying to embarrass him, and now he has one. I do. <sighs> yeah, you were trying to. You were. You were hoping I'd given it away to somebody, but no. I was hoping you giving it away. Here we go. So we have. Oh wow! Guilder this is the first time he's taking me on a trip. Guilder one hundred and one up there. Okay. But the best one, and this is the best one. Are those albums? Yeah, they're albums. Holy moly. Yeah, they're all albums. This is just one room of albums. I have two. Holy moly. Any Dave Matthews in there? Yeah. I like okay. Dave Matthews. Okay. We're best this friends, is, this is the best one, though. Take a look at this be beast. Gilda, you did that? Yes. See, that's what I mean. That's a little unsettling. For the audience, it's a, it's a picture of a clown, I think, with a big red nose. And is that ice cream on his head, or is his head melting? What's, what's happening? Um, it's just, it's just texture of paint, right? Okay. I just feel the shame. It's, it's the shame of the clown. That's the shame. See this, I'm doing what you do. I ask other people what a painting means, but I don't understand. Well, damn, Nick, you do have two Gilda Kivani's. I have four actually, because I have You're, two more downstairs. Okay. Really? I have wow. two downstairs and yeah, they're very good. A the author one though, beautiful. But uh, yeah, my humble office where only things of poverty happen. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I did not expect you to have 7,000 albums in there. I have more than 7,000. Wow. Okay. I tried to pick a number that was unreasonable. Uh, 20,000 albums, I think I own. No shit. Yeah. 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 That's one of my, that's the number one job of any assistant I hire is sending over albums. That's why I always have Yankee assistants. I'm going to send you an album. You should. I have yeah. every Christmas. I get albums and cowboy hats. I've never seen you in a cowboy hat. Maybe next time I can speak to see you in a cowboy hat. No, the next one I promise Gilda. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, no. I'm open to cowboy hats. I've, I've shown you my office before. Haven't I, Jerry? No, that was my first tour. Um, usually I just see you and usually you're smoking and it looks really cool and I want to smoke, but I don't have any cigarettes. I, I can't. There's sage, actually. I could just smoke some sage. Lexi sage the house. That the is going to give you cancer if you smoke uh, sage. <laughs> I can just say, oh, oh, where did you get your cancer, Jerry? Oh, I was smoking sage. I had to look like Nick. I had to be cool. Well, no, it's an English thing, man. Americans who smoke, you know, that's not good in America. You have to be good boys in America. Yeah, we're different here. We Englishmen smoke. French people smoke. There he is. See, Gilda, that's how he got me. Middle yeah. Eastern definitely smoke. Yeah. Gilda, are you an album person or do you listen to stuff on like an iPhone or like digital copies like most people, like everybody else yeah, in the world? I'm like most people. See, like everybody else yeah. in the world. I can't finish an album like the whole album. It cause well to me, I don't think it sounds as good. I know some people say it sounds better, but I, I think that's that's poppycock, Nick. What sounds better? An album versus like a proper like old school record. Oh, compared. like a record. Yeah, compared. that was what you mean. Yeah, no, uh, that's what I mean. Because Nick's there listening to the old. I don't even know the name of it because I'm just I'm young and I'm hip. I can't. I don't even know what to call it. Record player nailed it. 
record play. I don't well, think things to me they don't sound better record record player, Nick. My sister kind of insists on it, and other people insist on it, but I don't see it. My dad actually has player. a whole surround speaker set up connected to his record player. Okay, I'm gonna correct myself because I do not understand the question. I love record players, actually. Yeah, okay. yes. Uh, it sounds so real, Jerry. It's like it's you know, like it sounds if, real especially to me. if it's an okay. old music, then I think it should be in a record player because it brings up that environment, that old music in like in your environment. All right. Well, I can agree that if I'm ever listening to something from like the 30s or the 40s or maybe like some flute music from you know the ancient times, maybe I'll play it on a record. Otherwise, I just I go with the digital version. I get all the surround sound. Okay, of it. okay, it that's sounds, easier. That is it's, super well, it's not easy. just about the easy. I'm I'm a bit of a snob about my music, so okay, okay. <laughs> well, oh, maybe it's because you. Um, okay, I'll tell you this. Uh, the musics that you listen, what kind of musics are they like? Dave rock? Matthews Band. Yeah, rock, rock. Dave Matthews is rock, jazz, blues. Okay. Funk. Okay. Okay. So no, my bad. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, sometimes I, I, no. Some of Dave is just an acoustic guitar and him singing. And you think that would sound good on a record player? Um, I don't you, know. I'm though. not converted. You, you, that was your chance. Hey, you could have sold so many record players. Obviously, you're not a stockholder in record players. I think um, it's like I think it's like anything. I think it's it's the choice of the consumer. You know, Jerry, the thing is, I, I would tell you it. this. I'll tell you this. Go out and get a copy of the Beatles' first album, their very first album, Meet the Beatles. Take it over to your dad's place and play it on the on the high on the high end sound system. You'll be converted. What if I immediately play it on my iPhone? It will sound it will sound like a Beatles album on your iPhone, but if you play it, the record album with the sleeve and everything else, you will enjoy it very much. And, it, and oh, you'll keep see it the, in the sleeve. Yeah, you have to keep it. Okay, in the it's sleeve. just about the feel of what music gives to you. Otherwise, than that, what you're doing is very convenient, and what oh, you boy. are doing is just like quality of being in the moment. That's what I'm doing when I listen to my music on my phone. I'm all up in it. I'm crying. Um, I'm taking clothes that off. I'm putting true, clothes on. I'm all in. That is of a modern Thank view. You. Yes, modern. More Thank modern you. view. Yes. And that one, I think, is sticking to hmm. the purpose of the music, like how it should God. should they you, made it. You are an artist. If I didn't know you're an artist, I'd just listen to that sentence and I would know you're an artist. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a compliment. Sure. Uh, you know, to me, it's uh, it's an art form like anything else. But uh, Jerry, I tell you what, you need you need to get a Gilda painting. You need to buy one. I would love a Gilda painting. I don't have one. You need to you need to put yourself on the waiting list. They're very exclusive, man. Is there a waiting list? There's a waiting list now. I have 13, 14 authors already waiting to buy one. They're you becoming like a, a thing. I think can she do like characters where like she makes me like an outer space and like a rocket ship or something? I, I don't know. I mean, I've never seen her do a person in any kind of strange setting. Well, I don't I'm know. just asking what kind of art you're going to feature me in. If I were to oh, get whatever. on this. Uh, if you want to order something, it's going to be your your taste. But okay, if so if I go to... on GildaKivani.com yes. right now, or if I go on Frames of My Life, Gilda Kivani. Uh, that, that is more like every day, my frames, but my okay. website is more. 
proper. I can order a custom painting from that? You can call me and order, not online. I, have I don't have that item. Okay. But there's the numbers <laughs> on the site and I can call you and I can order yes. one of these lovely things that Nick has four of in his house. Yes. Yes. And also you can order something. And I can specify what I want myself to be doing in this image, like defeating it's, like a bull or something in combat. Yeah, if you want. Not on the ones that are that exist, okay. but like a new one. Okay. But you already, you have like some that you've like ever for sale on your site. And there's some you do custom of me fighting a dragon. Uh, yes. Yeah. Some of the ones that are in my website, they're not available anymore. It's just there just for the reference. Okay. If it's explicit, like maybe me mating with a dragon, you'll consider it for a yeah. price. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he just blew Nick blew smoke out of his nose when I said that. Perfect time. Mating Nick. with a dragon. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> Gilda, I want that painting. Jerry, I, I, I'd like that for a DSP cover. Mating with a dragon and the dragon. But who's going to be? The, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I was. Gonna, I'm not going to say it on, on, a, on a public forum. That's pretty good, Jerry. My God, that's a pretty good little uh, imagery. I guess I have to order it now. GildaKiwani.com. Okay. No rush. Do you have any art in your house that, that's from you? Do you hang up your own art? No. You don't? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, uh, I don't really leave my books lying around because somebody might read it. But uh, recently I had uh, one of my books in my back seat and I picked a few of my wife's friends up to take them somewhere. And they thought that I like left it back there as like advertisement. <laughs> like, oh, here you go. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. How many books have you done so far? Um, like five or six of them. Five or six. Uh, yeah. From what age are you? Were you? I'm. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Should I ask questions? From what? You should what break age? me down. If you can make me pry, cry, you should go for it. Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah, you should try. Uh, from 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 what age have you been writing? Um, I guess I actually started my the first book I I wrote, Runners of the Woods. Uh, I probably spent like three or four years on that. Uh, that was probably maybe seven or eight years ago. And then uh, once I latched on to DSP here, uh, Dusty Saddle Publishing, I uh, started working a little faster, you know, maybe a few months at a time, I'd get a book out. But that first one, and you can probably relate to it, you know, your first big project, you really want it to like represent you. This is a passion project. Nice. So every, every bloody stroke means so much more than it should, you know? Yeah, I, I understand that. Those it's got to be hard. You see, the I first can... one is your baby, right? Yeah. The first one is. How many all, times did you just throw you. away the, the the rough draft and start over? Because it's a little harder with with painting, you know, with writing. I can just edit lines over the years. I can just keep opening up the word file and I'll just keep changing, changing it. But you can't, right? Once it's done, it's done. With painting, um, with digital, digital, you can do whatever. But yeah. with painting, like traditional painting uh you you can still edit to a like few times but after that it wouldn't look the same you'll have to come up with another solution that works with what you've done before that so you've had to come you have had to develop the ability to to draw some piece uh with the mistakes right like if there's something that's yes. less than perfect you've had to develop that ability do you think you've been able to 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 harness that and and bring it to other areas of your life where you where you have peace with something that is imperfect and, uh, and, and you've developed this power from your from your art so i'll tell you a secret okay. um well it's a podcast okay i know so, <laughs> to everyone actually <laughs> you know. uh not every art 
every art that I've done, I think like so far, they can be better. There's always a place for for everything to be better. For everything. So you just That's, try to you just try to file it away as okay, I'll try to do that better next time. And you yes, just put you put that yes. away. Yes, oh, I'll my... I'll be like, this is finished for now. I don't have the patience to work on this anymore. Let's start a new one. Are you well? I was gonna ask I've you learned the same what way. I had to learn from this experience, then I'll switch to my next experience. Do you do the same thing with friendships? You're just like, all right, I, I can't work on this anymore. This product is what it is. I'm gonna throw it away. I'll move on to the next one. Um I think every human is valued, <laughs> but everyone should be more valued by themselves. Well, that's a good point. That's a good way. That's where good relations start. If you don't have some like, you know, insecurities brewing and, uh, you know, your internal discomfort, then you're going to be a little better uh, with others. Yes. But it kind of sounds like you're saying if you have a friendship, that's a little imperfect as is, there's a point where you just got to kind of walk away for the day and you come back the next day. Yeah. And maybe that's part of what you've learned from, from doing your drawings. Um, uh, from everything. I've learned it through years. Well, you know, a friendship's the same as a painting, right? If you work on a painting for years, there's going to be times in that painting where, like you said before, your emotion, you can see its effect on the overall, you know, composition. And I guess a friendship's the same way. Yes. Maybe on a painting, you can walk again, like come back again in a few years and touch it up with friendship is the same. You can go and come back and make it better. Everything is able to get better, right? Or yeah, or you can bring up something that happened a year ago, some like little, some little tiny section of this macro painting of your friendship. And you can be like, hey, this part here, my bad. True. Yeah. Although so far, Nick and I, our relationship is perfect. It is perfect in See? every single way. See? It is. I will, always, I will always remember the times I wake up in the morning and I say that, Jerry, I am blessed to know him. <laughs> oh, I'm only teasing, Jerry. You're, an, you're a good guy. I like you very much. And I think you do a very good podcast for the company. I try, man. And you write good product for us as well. And you're a good looking boy to boot. So who can, who can, who can ask for more? My wife can. Oh, true. Well, every wife can. Every wife can ask for more. Every wife can. I can ask for more. Now, I, I stopped the, doing that a while ago. But think about it this way, Jerry. If you were a woman, a beautiful woman. I think about that all the time. Now, think about it. You have to get into bed and cuddle up with some hairy old man, hmm. some hairy dude who's snoring and talking in his sleep. Oh, it'd be terrible being a woman. Terrible. I've started snoring recently. You see, like, it's a uh, sign of old age. Oh man. my God, man. My, my dad and my brother are like uh, trucks downshifting on a highway and, and I've never snored before, but just like a year ago, I started doing it. My wife in the morning is like, no, don't you dare. <laughs> it's a well, constant conversation. Well, I have given up sleeping, so I will never snore. You mean like you got bit by a vampire bat or something? Maybe I did. Maybe I can't tell you that. That's a personal relationship, and I can't say that on a podcast. See, he knows better than to tell secrets on a podcast, Gilda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, Jerry, you beat me out. You beat things out of me all the time. He beats me, Gilda. He, I'm a you know, simple dude. I am a simple boy. I am trusting and honest and faithful and true, and I am easy. And he beats me. Supposed to let other people say all those nice things about you. I, I can't get involved <laughs> in so boy fight. 
You're supposed to let other people say all those nice things about you, Nick. Well, I'll tell. Well, no, I'm not going to say it. Yes, I will make sure other people say that too. Oh, you'll make sure. <laughs> good boss, man. He knows how to be happy. Well, you know, the, 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 when you, you know, well, you know, it's it's part of the business. You 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 always look for the compliments wherever you can because they mean the same as the negative stuff. Really, Jesus, ain't that true, Dildo? Is that the way it is for you, Dildo? What's your relationship with criticism? Of your, you of your of your criticism of your art i criticism i don't know that word my my I, that's the lack of english that i have i'm sorry so like um like if i write something and one person in the amazon reviews is like wow this is trash this guy maybe should have given up years ago and that hasn't happened yet but i always expect it to happen that will affect me for for days even if it's just one person's opinion so my relationship with criticism isn't great, it's, and I'm working on it. You know, okay. it feels like they're speaking the truth that you're afraid is the truth. And then when somebody says it, it's like, damn. Yeah. So I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. I wouldn't like it, but I'm open to it. And I would try to be honest that with myself, if that's true or not, first figure it out. If it was true and it meant something to me that, I feel it. I can work on. I'll try to work on it, but in general, I'm very open to criticism. Maybe that's what you're talking about when you talk about, you know, self love. I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but you, you mentioned self love, and we we're talking about friendships. And I guess if you love yourself as an artist, even if you have this insecurity that somebody speaks to, you still can be positive about it and have it be constructive. But if yes. you don't love yourself, then it's just poison. It yeah. just like, it, it activates this poison that's already in you. And uh, I'm working on it, man. Have you always been good at that? Or is that, is that a well, power you've developed? I've developed it, I yeah. guess, through, I guess, my last seven years ago. I tried to be open to everyone and be logical about criticisms. Well, it's harder, harder than, than it is to say, man. Like, Nick talks about that too. Nick is a Nick's a source of wisdom on that stuff for me, also. But I don't know, man. I so mean, if you see artists, everything so. as an abstract thing, right? Like different by different. Like just put everything aside and just see what the message is, right? Or what it's doing. Then you, I think that would be more logical. That that is a logical perspective to have. So you try to maybe read through the words because maybe sometimes the word choice is what's really damaging. But if you can read through the words to find the message, maybe there's a, a nugget of, of useful the information. That's the depth. I'll try. <laughs> we could do it. You want to do an exercise now? You can give me some criticism about my appearance and I'll try to just take the message of it. Please don't do that. <laughs> don't, oh, do okay. it. don't do it. <laughs> Uh, there comes okay. Nick to do it. Nick will do it gladly. I, you know, I've never said no to anything in my life, but I may have to know what the hell you're talking about before I agree. What they were you saying, you. Jerry? He told you wisdom. I was going to do an exercise where she criticized old Jerry Bear. Jerry Bear's Dude. social media handle is Jerry Bear 3. And Jerry Bear has to look past the word choice because maybe sometimes those that's the thing that's inflammatory. 
and and, draw, and find the meaning. And, and I'm not it, insulting you, know? you Jabba. You know, if you want to be insulted, uh, I, you know, that's a, like that's, an, that's an unhealthy. That's an unhealthy thing. You are a perfect embodiment of a human being, Jerry. You are a good-looking boy. You are talented. You are mm. worthwhile. You don't need to be criticized. You just need to love yourself. Mm. Now, mm. I'll send you my invoice for my counseling stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to be an exercise, man. Well, you a don't, you don't want to be – well, if you want to be insulted, we'll go get yeah. you some one-star reviews for the book. Oh. I don't need that, no, because that's what I was just saying, man. That sticks with me. And next time I'm writing something, I'm like, oh, this is going to get one star. And then I just burn it to the ground. I have to buy a new MacBook. Well, if you want a new – you know, just buy a lottery ticket. Okay. I can't buy lottery tickets anymore. Why not? Because the local store won't sell them because I won three times in a row and now they won't give me any. What do you mean? You won like uh, like five bucks? or I won. Or? I had three prizes in a row and the guy says no. So I can't buy one anymore. So people are going to start following you to other stores where you're going to buy and maybe, maybe steal things. From well, you. I, you know, I'm, I've been thinking about it. But I like his store. It's very good. I might have to edit this out because you're putting yourself in danger. You will have to edit it out. I mean, I've said things on. I've given too many secrets away, friend. <laughs> Too many secrets, uh, but uh, you have to have more confidence, Jerry. Anyway, you interv- anyway, I'll tell you this, Gilda. He interviewed me a few weeks ago, and he beat me. That's ridiculous. He did. He beat me during the interview. He beat me. It was, I was broken. I was a broken man when I got off the phone with Jerry. That's not true. How oh. often do you interview, Jerry? Um, not often enough. I think we're going to have uh, some of the other writers from, from BSP and, and Raventail on, but uh, to start our interview series, I think the interview with Nick will be the first, because uh, I did a few interviews with artists, but, but we're trying to really, really get into it with some of the authors. So Nick will be the first as head honcho, you know, he has the right to like, he wants to go again. He wants to break me down. I do not want, I, you always win. I am a shy retiring gentle human being who has no i'm retiring absolutely (laughs) so you spend your whole life actively dying and actively retiring yeah exactly i die and i (laughs) retire fine with me that's perfect you know the big secret jerry i will say this you know the secret is that i am actually considered lazy because you have other people do everything i haven't always had other people do everything well no see that's a skill though you're facilitating Right. And, and inspiring. But you got to pick the right people. Otherwise, you're facilitating trash. Well, if you want to if you want to describe a segment of society as trash, I, I can't possibly comment. What's the <laughs> I was trying to remember the old political undesirables or something like that. Didn't Hillary Clinton get in trouble for that? She called, I, uh, I don't view anybody as undesirable. I think but she it... called. I don't remember the exact words, but it was a, it was a huge. Do you remember Gilda? I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, well, that's that's the normal reaction to me, honestly. So thank you. Consistent. We were talking about, uh, we were talking about, Jerry was explaining that some people are undesirable for a job. <laughs> and I was saying that I believe that all people are op- should be given an opportunity. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, and, th- and that's why nobody interviews with me, Gilda, because I play games and they, and they, they don't like it. I'm- yeah, see, I, I'm not asking Nick to be my translator. What I said was, Part of being the head honcho is being really good at picking people to facilitate work to, you know, so that he can then inspire us with his with his words and his and his general charm. But when you don't pick the right people, for example, if he had a, a very crappy artist named um, Jennifer uh, Bumpkin, 
right? And she was the cover artist, then nobody would click on the thumbnails and nobody would buy the books and he'd be a miserable failure. So laziness isn't the word. You're just, uh, you're a clever sort, Nick. Well, you know, I'll tell you a story about a cover designer. One time this lady- about Gilda? It's not about Gilda. Okay. It's not about Gilda. It's a cover. It's a cover. A lady came to me a few years ago and she said, I'd like to do covers for you, Nick. I said, okay. I said, I'll give you a trial for a cover. I gave her a book title and I gave her the, the and I said to her, go away, be creative, come back. Because I don't manage cover designers, Jerry, ever. Cover designers are in a, a world. You don't do a lot of micromanaging at all, I feel like. No, I'm from a sales background. In sales, you live and die by your own sword. The only thing I manage is my assistants. Other than that, it's creativity. Anyway, she came back five weeks later with a cover and she had, I mean, it was literally a stick man almost and a, and, a, and a raccoon a raccoon okay, it's getting abstract and it was a, a mountain that wasn't actually attached to the ground okay. and and you know what and she says to me that will be five hundred dollars for that cover. it was art then it was proper art you didn't understand it, it was i expensive. said i said make it big ship it to me send me the bill so she shipped it over to me because i always buy the art from the artist if i can because i want i love art and she shipped it over to me and it's a beautiful thing. And she said, can I do another cover? I said, no, because you're no good at covers, but you're a pretty good abstract artist. It was a very pretty thing, but the, this mountain not attached to the ground, you can imagine giving that to my authors and them saying, well, what the hell's holding the mountain up? Well, I think I would like that cover. So maybe get a hold of her, you know? I think you last- don't want that cover. <laughs> Thank you, you Gilda. See, Gilda, cover. I don't know what I'm talking about. Thank you. You're the good, the good uh, angel on my shoulder. Nick's obviously, obviously Nick's the devil. Do you do this full time? Are you a full time artist? Um, yes, I am. And the times that I'm not, I'm still being an artist, like painting and doing like digital art or like 3D stuff. I do like a bunch of different arts. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to ask you because <laughs> even if I wasn't writing for money, and for the record, I'm not making money, um, but that's on me. <laughs> Because I'm not very good. Um, but even if I weren't doing that, I'd be writing anyway, because that brings me peace. And I imagine there was a time in your life where maybe you weren't doing this full time, but you were still doing it uh, with all your other minutes. Yes, there was time in my life that I wasn't doing art, especially after my immigration. But I pushed for it. I tried for it. And then I got lucky with it. I got, I got, I got to work with DSP. That's the way it goes, though, right? A little bit of luck, a little bit of opportunity. You draw a yeah. picture with Nick's uh, handsome face on it, and next thing you know, <laughs> you have a contract. Yeah, exactly. Where did you immigrate from, if you don't mind me asking? Your uh, your last name, I, Kayvani? I don't want to butcher it. Kayvani? Oh, that was the best accent of my family name I've ever heard. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. Kayvani, yes. Uh, I'm I'm Persian. I'm from Iran. Oh, cool. So what did you do when you first came over here, if you don't mind my asking? Because uh, earlier in this season of podcast episodes, I had my sister on and another author, um, Megan. And before they you know, actually made it as artists, they were working in the fashion industry or you know, teaching, uh, working with special needs kids. So we come at this from a lot of different angles, right? Yes, I was doing well. I've been in Canada almost three years for now. It's been three years. December will be three years. Um, I was living in my own country. I was doing art there. I was studying art like from my 14 years old. And then um, I was doing freelancing. I worked with a few companies and I 
switched to free freelancing again. And um, when I came to Canada, I started doing murals. Like in the street and stuff or yes. like, really? Yes. Yeah. On the side of trains and stuff like that? Yeah, some stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. Commissioned or just because you wanted to? You had like a set of markers and you went outside? Well, I felt it's still art, but it's, it wasn't something that I would like, like especially on high high levels of buildings. That I wouldn't like that. Yeah. Like, that would suck the artistic right out of me. Yeah. Are you, a fan of, <laughs> are you a fan of graffiti? Because in the United States, we don't really treat it as art the way I think that they do in some places in England and Canada, and I imagine other places in Europe. Yeah. Um, well, everything can make be, be turned into beautiful. Graffiti, what do you mean like by graffiti? Like street art? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, street art. People who uh, draw like, things on the side of a, a building or a warehouse, and it, it, nobody asked them to, but they're just an artist, and they wanted to, to have a voice um, somewhere. I am a fan of that, but if, only if it has a message or bring in beauty. Well, like you just said, and spoken like a true artist, beauty can be made of anything. Are you into uh, like high-end film or are you somebody who, who likes uh, the more popular uh, movies and stuff like that? Uh, I don't know the meaning of high-end. Well, you know, so, you know how some artists are. They only like the film festival stuff. You know, it's got to be like, maybe give me a little black and white or some sort of, you know, the fancy intellectual stuff. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not a film watcher. Like, I don't watch TV at all. I try to, no. If something, something pops up, like half an hour, sure. But I don't really watch TVs. Okay, so what do you do in your free time? Um, sit at my computer work in my studio or so chat. If, you, yeah, if you have free time you might as well be producing something and being creative and then absorbing yeah others creativity yeah that's, that's interesting what I, I was gonna ask you because I like to talk to artists and that's all kind of artists you know sculptors or writers or painters about how they see the world because you know we all see the world differently right and somehow it all comes together there's like a there's an image that we can all agree upon but you know, when you watch film or TV, because I never expected you to say you don't, uh, are you somebody who really fixates on like color palettes and stuff like that? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah? Well, when, I'll tell you this. When I watch TV, the most thing that pops up in my mind is all the frames that a director gets, the frame of the composition that a director is putting the camera on. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So I see them as each composition in a frame or frames composition. That's what most attracts me. Do you have an example of something that really stands yes. out to you? Yes. Um, like, for example, Tarantino's movies, the framing of his movies are very unique, I think. So, so are you saying that like, you're able to see it as a sequence of like snapshots as a yes. visual artist? Yes, that's what I mean. That's really interesting because I, you know, yeah. that's totally lost on me. I, I, I watch movies sometimes with film school friends and they start talking about stuff like that. And it's just like, I'm not paying attention to that at all. And that's what I mean, though, about you seeing the so, world differently. So you start uh, following the story. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you yeah. get lost sometimes in, in the, I, in the I snapshot? I completely like, I'm just watching it and I'm just like, what was the story about? 
Oh, that's really cool. Does that happen to you in uh, in real life? Um, forgetting, yes, a lot. <laughs> well, we're all there. We're all there, uh, either before COVID or now because of COVID. But um, I just mean if you're walking through a forest, or you are walking through a city talking to somebody, or sitting in a cafe, or whatever Canadians do. I I don't know what Canadians do, but if okay. you're somewhere, do you sort of get lost in the in the snapshots of the scenery or the, yes, the details? Yes, I do. I do. I, I really like when I go for a walk in the nature or something, I just spend like a lot of time just in one spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like, like that details. you settle in and you absorb everything. Yeah, and I try you, to. And do you talk the other person's ear off if somebody's with you about what you're absorbing? Not really. No, no, not really. I often have been that way, like uh, when I'm hiking with a friend because I'm so focused on like anthropology and culture. I just talk the ear off about whatever Native American tribe might have lived there. Okay, um, so you're into like um, culture of America? Yeah, well, not necessarily just America, ancient culture in general, um, okay. ancient societies in general. But But the reason this is interesting to me is because I kind of see it where like some of the best things that I've written some of the best compliments that I've gotten is where I write something and somebody says, oh man, the way you talked about, for example, that tree branch providing a little extra shade for the ground underneath, which then led to flowers growing in that shade or extra gathering of moisture. The way you wrote about that in a couple of sentences, I always think about it, but I never think about it in words. I never, I feel like with visual artists, they do the same sort of thing where what you're really doing is you're not necessarily showing something to people that they haven't ever seen before, but you're, you're doing it in a way where like you're focusing on something important about the scene that allows them to draw different meaning. Right. Yes. I, I mostly try to present what the depth, the depth of what I see. Like the background or the emotional um, depth of the scene. Um, well, what, if you can see the emotional depth of this, like the visual depth of the scene then you can be emotional about the depth how do you do that like is that like a brush strokes thing or a color palette oh, thing um well it, it has a technique to it right yeah Putting teach me all of art um, <laughs> right now <okay>. teach me <laughs> art. um so when you do it with paint on canvas you there is a technique that you can do that but what is behind that that it makes it emo like it brings the emotion to it is what is the whole frame like as an abstract you see each part of a frame um that has depth but when you see the whole picture like the the overview of it then we can see the the whole depth behind it i don't know really how to explain this clearly I, I think I'm picking up on what you're talking about. How much planning do you do or how much, how much does the, the composition change as you're working on individual parts of the painting? A lot, yeah? a lot. Like maybe every day that I started, it will be a whole different painting. So your mood on, from day to day can affect day to your, day. hour to hour. Yes. Do you have a lot of paintings that take days and weeks and months? Uh, well, I've done paintings that was for half an hour and I've done paintings that I spent four months or even a year sometimes one one of them 
God, so do you really- look back at do you look back at that product and you're able to say, okay, this this part here, this is when I was feeling a little bit gloomy because it was raining and my coffee spilled on my pants. Yes, exactly. And this spot here, I stepped on my cat's tail the night before, so I'm upset. Yes, yes, yeah? I I do remember like all of my painting, my personal paintings have um, a memory for me. Well, that's cool, but not yeah, your commercial I don't know if products. Seen, if, I don't know if you've seen my paintings or not. I haven't. They're, I, all, my, they're all on my website. I don't know much. Okay, what's your website? That's a good, good okay. time to mention it. Okay, gildakey.com. Okay, gilda then key.com? Yes. You have any social medias you want to throw out? Um, I have Instagram. It's it's called Gilda. No, it's called Frames of My Life. Gilda Kivani. It's called the whole thing. Frames of My Life. Gilda Kivani. Kivani. K-E-Y-V-A-N-I. Yes. Oh, cool. All right. That's I'll check that out. Frames yeah. of My Life is good. <laughs> Now, none of this obviously applies to commercial. I mean, do, have you developed a knack for commercial? It's got to be hard to know because basically you are the, the frontier of selling my product, for example. Nick, I, I, I lean on Nick. And this is part of the reason because Nick hires gifted artists such as you who can make something, you know, who can look at an image, a little thumbnail and say, yeah, this will sell. Somebody will click on this because I have no idea. I think I have no sense at all. I'm not a tastemaker. You know, what's interesting to me is often not interesting to anybody else, but my dog, Ralph. And that's just because he can't tell me otherwise, I think. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> my okay. entire livelihood, let's say, depends on you to sell my werewolf book. How do you go about that? Um, Go about the cover, you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, do you look at what other werewolf book covers are? Do you? Of course, absolutely. I do that. Uh, when I get an order uh, from Nick, uh, I normally ask, like, who's the author and what's the name of the book? And I'll try to research similar covers for what is, like, on the market right now and what are the best sells. So I do a little bit of research. I try to understand the summary of the book and try to understand what should be bold and what should not be what should be and bold what, and what should not be yes what is important oh, that's cool. yeah that's for cool. like a cover and i i do compare it with others well do you have like a you don't necessarily have like a running sense of what's popular you know in the moment right like you you stay pretty fluid with whatever the book is like it seems like right now to me almost no matter what the genre is the very popular thing is big image and focus up front whether it's a person or a wolf or you know whatever the case is and then like a a blurry nature background or like a big colorful mosaic that seems to be popular so do you have to keep up with the trends or or you don't really think about it like trends you look at each product i do look at trends i'm i'm not sure if they are trends or not Sometimes I look them up to see what's the best sell, right? That's the only way I can understand what is the trend. But by the time that I see that trend, I will try to make a better one than that. I'll try to use like, understand what colors are they using and how is it going to be like, if if I see it like this big, like a small picture on my phone, would it attract me or not? Would I click on it to open it? That's like, that that part is color wise 
And when you open it, it's like design wise, right? Well, see, that's, I mean, that's kind of a perfect answer because, you know, I think about you're an artist and you love art and you would like it if the art that you did to make money was art that you appreciated, right? Yes. So there must be, you must try to put a little bit of yourself in there, you know, in, into the art, right? You want it to be something that is with the trends, but also sort of pushes the trends forward, right? Like you're not just, yeah. so yes. it kind of sounds like what you're saying is you try to, you try to make a book cover fit whatever the customer or products version of you is, right? You try to get as, as much of you in there as possible. I try to get as much as the book needs. It can allow. I try to ignore myself <laughs> completely. That's hard though. Cause you, I mean, maybe it's easy for you, but, but everybody's kind of attached to their own perspective, right? Um, it's, it's not about me at the time when I'm doing a cover for someone else. It's about beauty and what they want. I mean, editing is a little bit like that. It's not what I think is a great sentence is how do I work with what they want the sentence to be? How do I make it clear and to the audience? Has there been a, um, a painting in your life that has deeply unsettled you or like stuck with you? If I read something like uh, The Revenant or if I watch a show like uh, Haunting of Hill House, you know, or these midnight mass, um, you know, they can sit with me for, for weeks, for months when I'm not thinking it's active in my subconscious, whether it's like a layer of spirituality or just like the sense of man in nature. And I was trying to ask if you had, you know, a similar experience with like a painting in your life. Yes. With, with others, other people's work, I get really emotionally involved with them, what they're trying to like, it can stick with me, what they're trying to explain on the frame or wherever on the art piece. Um, I get emotionally, emotionally involved with them for a long time. I try to figure it out. And if I don't, I have to go back and see it again and figure it out. Yeah, I'll tell no, you a funny one. I have um, emotionally involved with street arts in Canada because I don't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> like some of them are really good, but some of them I don't really understand them. Like if I walk in the street and, and see a piece of art, it's like few pipes and I don't understand. And then I have to ask people, what do you see in this? Oh, so, so what unsettles you is not understanding it. Not understanding it. So yes. you could like fixate on it. Yes. yes. Interesting. You bother like people walking by in the street to get their, their perspective. I, I've never done that, but I showed <laughs> pictures. I take pictures. You take and pictures. Ask, <laughs> yeah. Ask like, what is this? Really? I guess I kind of do that with movies, but I guess Google makes it easy. If I don't understand something, I just say, what the heck does this mean? And it's a movie, so it's it's popular. But you're talking about street art that you don't get. Well, that was just, just the fun part of it. There's sure. a lot of uh, good art here in the street. I, I like there are everywhere. Everywhere that, have good and bad art. Is that part of what attracted you to the visual arts when you were younger, you think? Like this this ability for something to be abstract or a mystery that has to be pondered over depth of meaning, or do you think you just were drawn to visuals at birth? Um, 
I think it's art in general because I've done few performances. Uh, I do. I've done short animations. Uh, What do you mean performances? like like theater performances. Oh, okay. Um, not here in Canada, but back home. Um, it's it's in general it's art. Like I'm. very interested in music. I think that music is the first art ever that can make your whole environment change. That's interesting. So you just like to convey meaning. You're just a, you're just a creative person who likes to to send a message and tell a story. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Either brighten I, somebody's I love life that or part of art. yeah, inform Yes. somebody. Thank you, Gilda. This was a fun podcast. I mean, an interview. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Well, guys, uh, I'm sure many of you are storytellers. If you've got a great Western and you need a publisher, why not try Dusty Saddle Publishing? Uh, with over 60 Westerns in the top 100, a top-notch catalog, and all the hit makers you can shake your stick at, uh, you may want to go where the action is. So if interested, email Katrina at dspublishingnetwork.com. That's uh, Katrina with a K at dspublishingnetwork.com.